I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Tourism is San Francisco's top industry. Well, it was before the pandemic. Now the cable cars aren't running, many attractions are closed, and hotels have been hit hard. Kevin Carroll, president and CEO of San Francisco's Hotel Council, joins me to discuss how hotels are coping with so few people visiting the city for business or pleasure. He also lays out why it will take years for the tourism industry to recover. Kevin Carroll, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Heather. Well, we're both talking to each other from our homes. Um, Normally, I would be downtown at the San Francisco Chronicle newsroom, and you'd be at Union Square in your hotel council offices. But we're making do. Um, Obviously, it's a pretty bad time for many industries in San Francisco, and hotels are probably at the top of the list. So can you give an overview of, of how things are going for hotels right now? Sure. So the hotels, just with the shelter in place and all the orders that have happened over the last year, it's hard to believe it's been a year now, almost since the first announcements in March. Uh, Many of our hotels are closed, not all of them. And it's been a very difficult time. I I think most importantly, it's for our employees. So our industry has about 25,000 employees that just work in hotels. And the majority of them have been out of work for quite some time. And I think for us, as we start to talk about a recovery, the fact if we can get busier, we can bring more employees back to work, that'll be important to us. And I do think it's been very tough. It's been probably the, some people compare it that it's been worse than the Great Depression and 9-11 and multiple things combined Mm -hmm. because we've literally been almost shut down completely for close to a year now. And how many hotels are there in San Francisco or were there before the pandemic hit? So yeah, before the pandemic, we had 215 hotels. Uh, We currently have uh, two of the hotels have been sold uh, to the city. Two hotels have been sold to the city. So we have 213 hotels. And right now, probably a little over half of them are closed uh, temporarily. Mm -hmm. And really to answer your other question, they're very much trying to figure out when's the time they should open. Obviously, they want to get people back to work, but their fear has been they don't want to open and then have to close a second time. And yeah. some hotels are looking at that situation because in order to at least be able to stay open and have people come back to work, they have to have some demand. And right now the demand, it's, it's getting a little bit better, but it's been very, very tough. And so about half are open and half are closed. Do you expect that some of those will just be permanent closures? You know, um, I have you- in some markets, we're hearing that. Not, not not in San Francisco. It's hard to tell. I think hotels, obviously from a profitability point of view, if they haven't been able to stay open, I'm sure hotels are considering what their options are, but I haven't heard of any closing uh, permanently at all. And mm-hmm. I think now it's more when and when should they open, when could they open and be able to see enough demand. And do you have any idea whether they're able to keep track of their employees? Because I know some people are just leaving the Bay Area, maybe these employees have just kind of disappeared from the region and will it be easy to to staff them back up again when they're ready to do that yeah i think they i think they're pretty pretty able to keep track of their employees i think uh if if people have left the area they're probably either finding that out directly from them or when they're reaching out to them i think your question about staffing up you know even if we even if we felt demand would come back next week uh, you know in full in order to get a hotel, especially if they're currently temporarily closed, open, that takes a while. You've, you've mm-hmm. got to start getting all the systems up. 
you think of a hotel as a small city to itself, I mean, you've got all the aspects within there that you need to open up. So I think, uh, you know, it, as they start to bring people back, I believe they're going to be able to find most of their employees. Now, if an employee decided to leave the area, then that might obviously keep them from coming back. And I wrote about the St. Francis Hotel a couple weeks ago um, and spent some time there. And they um, have 1,200 rooms and some nights over the past year, they've only filled 10 or 15 or 20. It's starting to get better um, somewhat, but still, you know, the vast majority are empty. Is that what you're hearing from those hotels that have stayed open like the St. Francis? Yeah, and we appreciate the article on the St. Francis that you did. And we really do. I think it really helped profile what, what, what the impact has been on our employees. Uh, yes, other hotels, it'll be interesting. Before the second uh, reversal that the city had done in the fall, some of the hotels that were open may have seen maybe a 20 or 30% occupancy. Uh, and we were definitely seeing more on the weekends. So those are that's a sign of either people staycation, staying close by, um, lack of a business traveler keeps the during the week less occupancy. But I think we're going to see now, for instance, I think you wrote about this too, Valentine's Day weekend, mm -hmm. there was a local travelers came in and we saw a little bit of a spike, but it's going to take more of a consistent uh, demand of people coming in to really make a difference. So hotels are trying to figure that out now. And as we're talking, the City Hall has announced that the mandatory quarantine after traveling um, has ended. They're still recommending it for people who come from elsewhere, but it's not required. Might that make a difference? Yes, uh, we definitely think it's a, a step in the positive direction because right now, before today, if you were outside the Bay Area counties, you had to quarantine for 10 days when you came into our hotels. But not all counties were like that. So you might have counties right next to you that didn't have that requirement. So the fact that our numbers have gotten better in the city and that we can move to this, we see it as a positive step because it doesn't allow people from other parts of the state to come back into San Francisco and stay. So it's definitely a step in the right direction. We definitely see it as positive news, as well as we know uh, probably next week, it looks like the city would be back into tier red. And we're waiting to hear more about what that will mean as well. But all of that's a step in the right direction. And mm -hmm. I think the important thing is it's a safe step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I think we're proving as a city what we can deliver. Our hotels are ready, willing, and able to be open. We've been, we've talked before, the cleaning protocols that we have in place, we've had in place for almost 10 months now. So it's it's something where hotels are very much ready to able to be able to open uh, safely. And how many of the hotels are participating in the program to house homeless people? So I think the number right now is about 25 hotels in San Francisco uh, are part of the shelter in place program. And that was a result the mayor and the Department of Public Health met with us and we pulled together uh, back in last March, uh, a group of our hotels to learn more about how they could participate in it. But I think right now it's about 20, uh, 25 hotels that are involved. And just so you know, if they're in that program, it's it's the whole hotel. It's not a portion of a hotel, right. the hotel contracts with the city. And how long do you think that that program will continue? Well, it was supposed to start uh, ending, I believe, by about June. And now with some of the uh, push, and especially with the funding that's come in, uh, the full funding from FEMA, I know there's definitely a push to, to have it last longer. Mm -hmm. And I think the original contracts would have probably ended closer to June. And it sounds like 
in some cases, those will be extended. I'm not, I, we don't get involved with the negotiations on the contracts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how far, but it looks like it might be extended a little bit longer. And what are you hearing from those hotels? Are they happy with how it's going? Is it, you know, hard to run these? You know, you hear kind of conflicting stories. Yeah, it's interesting. I think one thing to think about is when the city came in and did it, there may be a few hotel staff members on there, but it's really staffed by city departments. Okay. And so uh, when a ho- when a hotel is participating, they have a whole group of staff that's with the city of San Francisco. It's not the majority of the uh, employees that would normally be working in the hotel aren't there. The hotel uh, city came in, they did it. So I think obviously when you're bringing people in from all sorts of different situations, it's probably, you're probably going to run into, you know, issues related to what's going on. But I think for the most part, the hotels that stepped up did so. And it was a situation where they answered the request uh, and they entered into the contracts and it was a way of keeping uh, the hotels in business, mm-hmm. at least for a, for a different uh, group, but at least it kept them open. So I think mm-hmm. you could look at it as a way of, it was helping answer a situation where hotels had virtually no occupancy mm-hmm. and they were able to contract with the city. So but it's I'm kind sure of a win-win. Yeah, you, you could look at it that way because in some cases, maybe those were hotels that may have had a harder time staying in business altogether. Mm-hmm. And I think, but the one thing is it was always meant to be temporary. Um, it was a temporary request. The idea would be as our, uh, as the contracts end, the hotels would be returned back into a visitor hotel and we'd be able to welcome more people back to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Well, as we've learned, nothing seems to be temporary. This you has know, gone I, on and on and on. <laughs> I, I've stopped making predictions. Uh, if you hear me use the word prediction, just stop. stop <laughs> just press yeah, stop. I think we're in a whole, I mean, if you asked me, if you and I talked last February or March, I would never have thought we'd be sitting here in March, uh, heading into March this year mm-hmm. and having a, such a situation that we're in. I, I think it's really been something, a learning experience for all of us. And I think the hardest part is not to make any assumptions that things are all, you know, going to happen as quick as they could. Um, yeah. And, and for good reason. I mean, we're all, we're all concerned about safety for ourselves, our families, our friends, and, you know, doing, I think San Francisco has taken the lead in making mm-hmm. sure that we can um, really deliver a safe environment and do it in a way that's planful and uh, strategic. And um, some homeless advocates and at least one supervisor, maybe more, are calling on the city to buy more hotels. I know the city's already bought two um, to turn them into permanent supportive housing. Do you see that happening? Would ho- Do you think more hotels would want to be sold? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if more would want to be sold. I'm, I'm guessing potentially there could be a situation. I, I think what, what's interesting is, and I'm, I'm definitely not an expert on this, is the funding for a temporary shelter in place versus the funding to buy a hotel, to me, seem to be two different things. And I know for the hotels that were already purchased, it was a match program where the city put up funds and there was uh, funds from the Project Room Key for the, from the state. So the funding, I think, would be a question there. But I've heard and I know there's a push to buy more hotels. I don't know. Usually if a hotel's uh, under contract to be sold, we we as a council, we don't get involved with that at mm. all. It's we're, we're not usually even aware of it. It's something where, for obvious reasons, they're, they're probably uh, individual private agreements that they're working on. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't know. And I think 
it probably would come down to the, the question of the funding for how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously if a hotel, if there were no hotels looking to be sold, then that would answer the question. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And what are you hearing from Union Square merchants? Your hotels are so interlinked with businesses there. So what is the situation? Last time I was there for the St. Francis interview, it seemed pretty empty and bleak. It's pretty quiet. My office is, you know, I go in to pick up mail and check on everything in the office. Uh, what we're hearing in, in several of our hotels, many have retail within their hotels. Mm-hmm. So if you look at hotels that have street facing properties, they might have retail uh, stores as well. And many of them do. It's tough. I, I mean, if without the traffic, if you think of it, Heather, we have we either have convention travelers, business travelers, or tourism travelers. And mm-hmm. right now, normally in a, in a regular, that's the other thing, if you use the word normal, it's kind of hard right now. <laughs> in, a, in, in two years ago, if one of those was off for any reason, it would be picked up by the other. So if right. we had for conventions, we'd have more tourists. Right now, all of them are pretty much not happening. And I think that reflects when you see it on the street. I, mm-hmm. I think seeing stores that are boarded up uh, and hotels that are boarded up, it, 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 it looks austere because you're just not seeing the traffic. The other thing I notice when I'm down there, and you probably do too, is you're not seeing people going to work as much. You're not mm-hmm. seeing people coming in to shop. And that just makes it look even quieter. Um, and it, it really is. So I, I, I can't wait to you know be back down there when I can see people and mm-hmm. have to wind my way through the sidewalks. <laughs> That'll be nice. <laughs> I will yeah, never take it for granted again. <laughs> I would. I tell you, there's so many things I wouldn't take for granted anymore. But yes, you know that. I think we we all hope for that uh, because that'll that'll really show that things are coming back. And I think we're heading toward that. It's just how the big question is how quickly that will happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my next question. So, um, some local travelers from other Bay Area counties are starting to come, but not very many other folks. Um, so what are you anticipating in terms of international tourists, national tourists, um, as well as business travelers and conventions? When would we might see some of that pick up? Yeah, we knew it would be slow and we knew the local market would be first. So you'll see that our the campaigns that will be coming out and things related to that are really geared at the California market. When you look at what uh, Visit California is doing and SF Travel is working on, so it's kind of meeting people where they're coming from. So mm-hmm. that'll happen. I think a full recovery, whatever that could look like, when we have conventions, tourism, and business travelers, we're not expecting to see that for almost four years. Wow. And that, you know, it'll come back. So it, it won't be but like a full, you know, we had an incredible year, 2019. And to, to get back to that point, you're going to need all of those firing on all cylinders. And right now we'll get the tourism first. We'll start to get that. We'll st- in the international side, it'll, be a, it'll depend on what happens with vaccines and travel restrictions. But even right now, in the short term, it'll be California travelers, then national travelers from a tourism point of view, and then international. Uh, and then conventions, it's going to be hard to tell. Um, you know, Part of what we're seeing right now, and I'll speak for hotels, if someone's looking to plan a small meeting or a small, even a business meeting, but we don't know when we can have be open for small meetings, it's kind of hard to schedule 
that. So mm -hmm. when someone says, I want to bring 50 of my colleagues and rent hotel rooms, but we need space to do that and we need to do it. When we can't specifically say when that's going to start, it's hard to book the business. And in, in reality, some other states and cities are already doing that. So mm -hmm. we're competing against markets that have opened, uh, you know, whether that's premature or not, that it's a reality. So if someone's looking to book business, that's a hard thing. And so the calls I get are, when are we going to be open for meetings? When can we have our restaurants open? When can we do ballrooms and events? And I think those are questions everybody's asking, mm -hmm. you know? Um, when, when, when can we get back to some of those things? Uh, entertainment, so when can we go to a concert? When can we watch a ball game? And all of that has to kind of rise for us to have a full recovery for our industry. When, when someone comes to a concert, the crew stays in a hotel. Mm -hmm. So there's all these things that you may not instinctively think about really rely on a robust entertainment and uh, tourism economy to happen. Right. There has to be a reason to visit San Francisco if you're going to stay in a hotel. <laughs> we, we get those calls. It's like, yeah. I, I want to come. Is there something to do? <laughs> yeah, and there's a pent-up demand. There definitely is a pent-up demand for people to travel. I mean, we think about ourselves. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when can I plan a trip that goes somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when people want to come into the city, but we the hotels get calls, the ones that are open. I'm coming, but can I go here? Can I go mm -hmm. on a cable car? Can mm -hmm. I do this? And I, the other thing that's happening is the outdoor entertainment side, whether it's Golden Gate Park, cable cars, the hiking in the city, those are the types of things that people are already feeling more comfortable with. And those are the types of things that people need to realize. There's a lot of things to do in San Francisco outside um, that are that are waiting for you to, to do. Yes. I've been writing a lot about that. So tell yes. them to go to the Great Highway, JFK yes. Drive, oh, yeah. <laughs> Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you mentioned cable cars, which um, I know you and I are both big fans of, and they are not running, and there's no timeline for when they will be running. How big of a hit is that to you know, the chances of tourism rebounding? Oh, I think it's a huge hit. I think we're, we're pushing, we're actually working, you know, advocating with the MTA and others to get them back. I think not only is it for our people to be able to ride them, but it's a visible symbol of we're back in business. You know, mm -hmm. like when you see the cable cars and hear them, you and I have talked, I can hear them from my office. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's a visible sign and audible to do it. So I think it's very important uh, for them and the F-Line as well. Um, the F-Line uh, obviously brings people from Fisherman's Wharf all the way to the Castro. Those are historic streetcars. And people come to San Francisco. I mean, we hear it all the time. I want to ride the cable cars. If the yeah. cable cars are down for any reason, you know, it's like going to an amusement park and the rides aren't working. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, you've survived my serious questions and now it's time for the lightning round. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I happen to know the answer to this question because I run into you here quite often, or oh, I used yeah. to before we were holed okay. up at home. Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Oh, I go to La Corneta in <laughs> Glen Park. Yes. Yeah. I know we share that in common. Yeah, I run into you. <laughs> uh, what What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, you know, it's it's a. I would have to say only because I was just thinking about this the other day. High Anxiety, uh, oh. Mel Brooks. Uh, if you haven't seen, I'm probably I dating, haven't. My, I'm dating myself. Uh, <laughs> it has incredible views of the city. It's hysterically funny, 
but like inside the Hyatt Regency with the elevators that go up, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, it's just a, a whole spoof on Alfred Hitchcock. So that's a, oh, that's cool. a fun one to watch. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. I'll add it to my list. Uh, thinking back to when you could go to bars, where was your favorite place in San Francisco to get a stiff drink? Oh, a stiff drink. Okay, well, definitely um, in the Castro. So I would uh, probably be uh, going to some of the bars in the Castro. I'm trying to think of uh, Midnight Sun or 440, mm-hmm. heading mm-hmm. to those. Uh, then downtown, the Pied Piper, which is mm-hmm. a bar in the in a hotel. hotel. Yeah, so that's a fun place to get a great drink. And then also up at the Starlight Room at the top of yeah. uh, the Sir Francis Drake. Yeah. Ooh, maybe we'll have to do a cocktails in hotels, hotel bars oh, circuit together. <laughs> and I, ha- I can't not say the Tonga Room at the Fairmont. Yes. Um, I went there for my senior prom way, 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 way <laughs> for dinner. Uh, and uh, absolutely, that's that's another thing. <laughs> have you ever jumped into the pool? I have not. I've heard <laughs> stories of people jumping into the pool. I have not. No. I think you get a big fine, but it might be worth it. I did speak from the boat that goes there. We did a lunch in their hotel council. Oh, cool. And they actually put us on the boat that crosses the Oh, pool. wow. And I actually was talking while going across in the middle of the rainstorm. So, <laughs> That's yeah. an only in San Francisco. If you haven't been to I know. If you haven't been to it, you're like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah, I have. So I get it. Yeah. Um, what was your first concert? Oh, you're not going to believe it. My first concert was Kiss. And it was at the Cow Palace. <laughs> and it was the night, unfortunately, that Elvis Presley died. Oh, my gosh. Dedicated a song to Elvis Presley. And I was I was a teenager. And I was like, well, why is Kiss dedicating a song to Elvis Presley? And when we came out, the news cameras were there because apparently it was one of the last venues he played at. So, oh, wow. Interesting. Probably a longer answer than you needed. No, it's good. Just at the Cow Palace. Awesome. <laughs> what was the last book you read? It, it's, it's, it's interesting. I read Memoirs of a Geisha. Oh, cool. That's and I know it's an one. older book, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And I lived in Japan as a teenager. Um, my father was in the service. And so it really resonated with me. So, yeah. Oh, neat. That's a great, great book. What is your favorite hotel in San Francisco? You cannot ask me. That. <laughs> That's like asking me, who is your favorite child? <laughs> you cannot ask me. I've answered, I've answered every other question. <laughs> I think what's, when, I, when people ask me that sometimes too, I think it depends on what you're looking for. Too. And yeah. like sometimes hotels, you're looking for quiet or if you're looking for, you know, a really fun thing. But uh, I, I, <laughs> I won't have a job if I answer that. Yeah, question. you'll probably get fired. Okay. Uh, what is, I'll try this one. What's your favorite tourist attraction in San Francisco? Oh, okay. Um, I will say the Golden Gate Bridge still takes my breath away. Mm-hmm. And I grew up here in. I was just driving through the other night and it still does. When I come through that tunnel back into San Francisco and you're looking into the city, I would have to say uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. And when I have people come here uh, to visit me, I have a lot of Irish relatives that come out and I will always take them up and go up on the Marin Headland sign and and kind of look through back at the city. So I know that's probably really cliche, but it takes It 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 does. does. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to purchase from a hotel vending machine? Oh, God. oh wow. <laughs> I would say probably potato chips. <laughs> if I'm part, if I if I'm buying something at a hotel, if I'm staying in a hotel and buying something, it's going to be like a late night craving thing, mm-hmm. and I'm a, definitely a savory a chips guy. So yeah, same it, here. It, it would probably be that. Okay. 
<laughs> what is your what are you most looking forward to about the pandemic ending? Something you're not allowed to do now that you really want to do? Really, really see people. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm a it sounds crazy, but I I'm used to working with groups of people. Um, never really wanted to work at home and working at home alone all day is different. So I think being able to actually see people converse with people, go to events, mm -hmm. you know, go to a hotel ballroom. We host, we were on a call earlier, we host these luncheons all the time and we haven't hosted one for a year and it's a great way to catch up with people. Yeah. So I think it's being able to see people again and really go wherever I want when I want. Yeah, won't that That's be nice? To ask. <laughs> <laughs> and last question, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Oh, oh, uh, just at the end of the day, watching some sort of mindless television. Yeah. You know, I, I always, you know, I walk every day and I do stuff, but just something that kind of just helps me decompress. So, because mm -hmm. uh, I don't watch TV during the day at all or even in the evening. And then sometimes I'll just lay down and watch something that's like, you know, mindless. Uh, yeah. that I, I don't have to think about, you know, work or anything, the day's stresses of the day. Cool. Well, it was really fun to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. So much fun to talk to you. And, uh, you take care. You too. Thank you to Kevin Carroll for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.